sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Second hour of the program. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris. We're talking more Chiefs. Of course we are at 5.05. Are you more satisfied by this year's Super Bowl win or did it surpass last year's? Is last year's still more satisfying? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Of course, Brendan is now at Cardinals Spring Training down in Jupiter, Florida, and the Cardinals are projected to be NL Central favorites again. Is that fair? Should we uh, still put them there even after last season? We'll talk about that at 525. And the Royals unveiled new stadium plans today. Our thoughts on that at 545. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. But first, it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the big show. Number 1. You want to trade away for curtain number one? You can have curtain one. I think it's a fascinating question. Was Super Bowl 58, the Chiefs' big win over the 49ers on Sunday, a more satisfying Super Bowl win than number 57 against the Eagles, the exciting back and forth last season? I kind of could go either way on this. I, I think Super Bowl 57 was arguably a better overall game if you enjoy punch, counter punch, offensive greatness, but at the same time, there was a lot of good substance to the Super Bowl we saw on Sunday. Good defensive battles, momentum changes. Which one was more satisfying for Chiefs fans? Let us know. 573-875-KTGR. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. Fanatics and Nike are under the bus today because Jeff Jones, the Belleville News Democrat, was in the Cardinals clubhouse this morning down here in Jupiter, and he tweeted a photo of Miles Michaelis' new jersey because now Fanatics is producing the jerseys using the Nike designs. It's terrible. If you haven't seen the photo, it looks like a cheap knockoff. Nike should have known that this was coming. Fanatics is a bad company with poor quality control. Numerous examples of this over the years. For Nike to take the bag of cash and put their logo on these Fanatics-produced products, uh, it's it's pretty sad, and, and players are very unhappy with the fit and the feel of these uniforms that they'll wear this season. Number three. Tyreek Hill tweeted asking why Steve Spagnolo doesn't get any head coaching interviews anymore. It's a fair question given how good he's been with KC. Of course, he had that coaching opportunity in St. Louis back in the day. Did not go well. And Kevin Demoff, the Rams team president, shared the, the sentiment and tweeted that it's past time for Spags to get another chance. Here's the thing, though. Demoff added that the team and organization he inherited in STL was a mess and said nobody could have had success. That falls on deaf ears from the professional liar when Demoff was a part of an organization that tanked for years just so they could go to L.A. I am tired of hearing Kevin Demoff Speak or tweet or anything. Number four. Oh, I shanked it. Pakoda has the Cardinals around 85 wins, which is five more than the second place predicted Cubs. So are the Cardinals really the favorites in the NL Central despite what happened last year? I think it's possible. We'll talk about it coming up at 525. Number five. What is the five fingers? Say to the face. Stop. Kyle Shanahan passing the buck, saying he had told his assistant coaches to tell the team about the overtime plan is a bad move. Own it, Kyle, for the mistake that it was, my friend. 
That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR, if you want to call or text us. Yeah, that is also a, a bad look. Just right? own it. Yeah, it was a gotta, mistake. At some point, it falls on you. You're the CEO. Don't say I didn't think I needed yeah. to, I didn't feel the need to go over it with this team. When the other coach, I mean, that, how glaring of a difference is that? You feel that way, and the other coach was going over it in training camp. That's all I got, Andy. I don't yeah. think any more needs to be said. Uh, Andrew texted in, 875-KTGR. I get what you're saying about Shanahan, but it takes time to learn. You may have forgotten Andy Reid had a player once who didn't know you could tie in football. I do remember that. That was Donovan McNabb uh, after a tie that the Eagles had. He had no idea that an NFL game in the regular season could end in a tie. So I I guess that's similar, but this is the Super Bowl. Like, you got to know that. I think we take for granted and just assume the players know all the things that we know as fans. Yes. We know way more a lot of times about the intricacies of some of these weird rules than the players do. And, like, you might say that's impossible. How could that be? They're just focused on other stuff, and we, we're gambling on these games. and we're, Right. They, it's, it's not really their jurisdiction. But, Andy, if I had a program, if I had a team, like, those are the details that I think matter. You can see examples yes. of that in various sports that the best coaches, the best managers in baseball, like, they go over those things in spring training. They go over those things in training camp because they so often do crop up at the end. And the the, the more info you have, the more prepared you're going to be for a moment. So it does happen. Players will a lot of time, you know, this comes up from time to time in various sports. But I think if you're the best coaches, man, they're on top of those things. And from the first guy on their roster, the MVP of the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, to the bottom guy, you want your players – to know exactly the scenarios that they're going to be in and why. That's just my opinion. Maybe that's unrealistic. Maybe that's no, a little bit too detail-oriented, but I think that matters. Yes, it does. The teams that are able to handle those situations well are the most well-coached teams. The players that go out on the field when they're out there absolutely knowing the situation because they have the capacity to know. It's not like they can't, uh, but those are the well-coached teams. Because, again, we, we think a lot, Brendan, that – Oh, well, the players obviously can see the score bug that we're looking at on television right. all they of the don't. time. No, they don't. Like, yep. they, they got to know what the score is, what the, how much time's left on the clock. Where's the play clock? Like, that, all of that matters. And they, they have to be sharp in the moment to know exactly what to do. And those that are able to do that more often than not are the well coached players. Isn't that what we talk about when we say teams that do the little things well? teams that are detail-oriented. This can happen in baseball. This can happen in college basketball. How often does situational clock management, knowing the time and possession and score, it happens in football. Like That's why Bill Belichick had the run of success. He's a freak of nature when it comes to details. Yeah, And those are the types of things that, yeah, is he completely anal and just like obnoxious? Yeah, a lot of people, he rubs them the wrong way. But there are elements of that, that that make you great when you care about those details and, and th- just the level of preparedness. As a coach, you're not out there throwing the football. You, it's your job to prepare your team. That is why there are coaches in sports. And so if that's not your job description, I don't know what is for the coaches to, that really take the details seriously. 875-KTGR, call or text us. So now, with that Chiefs talk about a team that has been very well coached over the last few years, was this Super Bowl victory over the 49ers more satisfying 
than winning it last year over the Eagles in that back-and-forth type of game that finished with 73 combined points and went way over the total and uh, was all kinds of compelling towards the end. For for better or worse, too, like the, that game, of course, ending in a call that everybody hated and uh, maybe not everybody, half the country hated it. Half I the country it. was great. Yeah, we loved it. Was it was an awesome call. It was a great holding call. Well done. Um but, the, but that holding should have one. been twenty yards, not five. Right, yards. It should have yeah, been fifty yards. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! Uh, but the, but then there's this one that ends in overtime after a sloppy kind of slog it out type of contest between these two very good teams. I mean, it, it's hard to parse out which one's more satisfying. This is obviously the one that gives you the back-to-back. It solidifies the dynasty. It gives all of the credence to what we were saying earlier. But man, last year's was pretty darn good, too. Don't Can forget I, about it, right? I think I've got my, my simple thesis statement really? on this. Okay, Last year's Super Bowl was more, it was more fun, but this one's more Ooh. satisfying. Ooh. Because I'm going to bake in the journey as well as part of this the journey to get there for this year's chiefs man this isn't something we we thought was too realistic around christmas day you know like in the back of our minds we kind of knew that the chiefs probably wouldn't be as bad as they had been when the playoffs rolled around because they they you know they always kind of find their way to coalesce at the right time but that's just kind of like narrative street. We didn't really think they were going to be this good again, did we? Like in that short of a, a time difference to look as disjointed and, and just bad as they did to be able to turn it around in a matter of weeks and go on a run like they just did. I think when you combine that with the notion of it was a more exciting final play instead of a chip shot field goal, you're talking about overtime back and forth. Those two elements, I think this one has to be more satisfying, Andy, just because I'm baking in everything that it took to get here. For as much as last year's game was fun and entertaining the whole way through, you had so many points scored. I think this one's more satisfying, if I had to say. 100%. If you went through this entire season watching this Chiefs team and you're thinking, Man, there, there's got to be some point where I jump off board on this because that this can't last. This can't last through the divisional round of the playoffs. They can't play this way and get all the way back to the AFC Championship game like this. It, but it again sort of solidifies why they're great, and it's because of the people that are leading this room. And it's just it, it's how Andy Reid operates. It's how Patrick Mahomes operates. It's how Travis Kelsey operates. I mean, just the way that they just shut everything out when they need to and can lock in, find the best matchups, make the right adjustments. They were not the best team in the NFL this year, right? Like, they they weren't. I mean, the 49ers had a better season. The Ravens had a better season. They looked better than this Chiefs team most of the year except for the two times in on the calendar when the Chiefs played better than both of those teams, and that's what matters. I mean, just to, to still be able to add to the, the trophy room when you know you didn't have your fastball this year, and then you can go back into, into a different type of iteration of what this team could look like, and we'll, we'll most likely get a chance to talk more about it later this week. Can this team 
stay together in some way somehow and if not who needs to get added like it's it's clear that what Andy Reid's doing what Patrick Mahomes is doing is unmatched I think with what we've seen in history you know the the thing one of the things that made the Tom Brady era Patriots so unique was just the air of inevitability that we felt watching him in certain years where you're like, you can't count out touchdown Tom. He's going to touchdown Tom this thing, and yeah. they're going to win this game. Yeah. That's the way it felt watching those teams. This Super Bowl win for the Chiefs cemented this team as having that level of just an air of inevitability that for everything you could say about the Chiefs during the regular season, it almost just doesn't even matter. It's just like the play around, practice around time. Like, this is legitimately what we saw over the past five weeks, whatever it's been for these playoffs, is going to impact me next year. If the Chiefs have some struggles, it's going to be really difficult to even care. Like, eh, they'll they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. It's not, I say, like, this year I kind of said it like, well, yeah, they're going to beat the Dolphins because, you know, they're better. It's a playoffs. They're going to come around. But the way they came around and against the teams that they had to come around against, I mean, you went through the Bills, Ravens, and through the 49ers. All three teams, I think, had better seasons than you. I know the Bills started off really bad, but by the time that the playoffs came, we knew that they were good. Like, they went on a run. They they, they found their footing in a way that we didn't see from the Chiefs over the last couple months of the season. So to do that against Bills, Ravens, 49ers – all three of whom I would say were had better seasons, and it, it, it just it it just happened, and it was what it was, and there's no doubt at this point. Like it's just inevitable. The Chiefs could go four and four in their first eight next year, and I'll be like, yeah, as long as they're in the playoffs, they're probably the team to beat because <laughs> this year showed it. If they can be as bad as they were at times yeah. and still just show up in the playoffs and just absolutely steamroll these teams, I get it. They didn't blow anybody out necessarily. But they played and executed at a level that it's just amazing. It's amazing what they were able to do. So that's what that's where that satisfaction comes from for me and why this one was so satisfying. Right. Because of the year they had, but they down turned year. on the playoffs. Down year. Them. Super Bowl champion in a down year. That's what it was. That's why it's more satisfying. They're inevitable. Yeah, they're inevitable. And that proved it. 875-KTGR, was this year more satisfying than last year? And when you're comparing comparing Super Bowl victories for the Chiefs, that's that's the area where you are now, Chiefs fans. You're now comparing Super Bowl victories. What a time. Uh, Old Jay is with us now on the KTGR hotline. Old Jay, what's up? Okay, so first off, I did a little bit of research. Uh, the uh, Beastly Picks are uh, three and one for the Super Bowl. Hey, there you go. Pretty good. Nice. And, uh, and here's the other fun part. The last three, they've been correct. So the first one was wrong. Three-game win streak. And oh. he's no he's, – he's, yeah. So, um, second of all, you have to say it's this year. They weren't even supposed to be there. They were the sixth seed, correct? They were the three. The, the, they were the three seed. The th- they, oh, they still the won the, in the AFC. AFC. Yep. Right, yeah. But they still had to play two – they still had to play two road playoff games. They weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. But uh, you have to say it's this year. And, and – and basically, the offense was Kelsey and Mahomes. They didn't have the the wide receivers that everybody was expecting him to. It was just, it was a lot of fun. But you'd have to think it was this year. It was just 
just one of those, what, what just happened? How did this happen here? And, uh, you know, soak it in because there was another team that I root for that we didn't get to celebrate and I'm still sad and, you know, oh, well, but, um, oh, and, and real quick too, when was the last time the Cardinals weren't picked to win the division? I almost feel like it's college football. That it's like, oh, it's the Cardinals. They have to win the division because it's not going to be the Reds or the Pirates or the Cubs. It can't be. That's kind of how I feel sometimes how those baseball writers are. Ooh, appreciate a the call, shot OJ, at here on the big writers. show. Oh, wow. Well, I'll, I'll take a shot at uninformed old Jay. Whoa! Um, Whoa! He's uninformed. He's uninformed. This isn't the baseball writers we're talking about, man. Pakoda, these different – we're going to talk about the projections coming up in a few minutes. The projections – Fight your computer. These, these database systems, whether you agree with them or not, I will, you know, they're right sometimes, they're wrong sometimes. It's the machines, man. It's just not the writers. People, I think there are oftentimes in society, Andy, to get on my soapbox, Ooh. where we have ire that we want to throw because there's something that's wrong, there's, a, there's some injustice happening, there's, a, there's some stupidity going on out there, but at least throw it at the right group if you have a problem with something. Isn't the baseball writers that are saying, The media! The media, look, there's going to be media and baseball writers that do preseason predictions, but I think largely what we're talking about is projections right now. Yes. And when we get a little closer to the season, there might be more predictions that come out. Predictions are going to be opinion-based. We're just going to throw stuff at a wall because that's what we do, right? We're baseball writers. But the projections also seem to think the Cardinals are in a good spot. That's what's going to be discussed here in a little bit, and I think is an interesting conversation um no, that we'll get that we'll get into but yeah i mean part of that with the central is so a lot of the teams are bad most years so yeah people expect the cardinals to usually be in the mix but we'll we'll expand upon that we'll get not, to it yeah, not to jump the gun no, too much all Andy. It, it's all right 875ktgr uh was this year more satisfying than last year's super bowl win if you're a chiefs fan uh jerry texting in well said on this super bowl being more satisfying brandon on the one you kept telling that the Bills were going to win it all if they got in. <laughs> oh, my boy. Oh, my Josh yeah. Allen. My, my son. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes is just better. You know, and I never, again, when we would argue Andy back and forth, my thing was always keep it proportional. I think we give Josh Allen too much crap. But I never was going to tell you Josh Allen's okay. better than Mahomes. Um, but, yeah, they just nobody. He's Mahomes, man. He is the GOAT. I don't know how you could watch him go through what he just went through the gauntlet, the Dolphins, you know, whatever. But Josh Allen's a really good quarterback. Lamar Jackson's the MVP of the league. The Niners have everything in a pretty decent, solid, nice enough quarterback to go with everything else that they have. Well, and they, the, the Chiefs come away with a win in every single case. Well, I mean, all you have to do is ask producer Chris, and he, he'll tell you, ah, cut Mahomes, you know. The guy who went 6-6 six and six in the Big 12, ah, man. Couldn't hack it. That's Couldn't what I'm saying. It. Couldn't hack it. Couldn't get over TCU, huh? <laughs> Put Couldn't some beat respect LSU in a bowl game, huh? On his name. Put some respect you know on Burrow Tyler Palco with the catch-up national deal. title there. <laughs> Tyler Palco with a catch-up deal will catch forever deal. be my favorite line <laughs> you ever said on great. this show. Yeah. That's right. It was brilliant. And, like, so, so wrong at the was, same time. No, but it's still very great. It should be oh. in the – on the Mount Rushmore There's a lot of hurt at that one. On this show. It. it was. Well, no, there was a lot of, like – there was a lot of history there. I think for me, if I had to compare between Super Bowl 57 and Super Bowl 58, Super Bowl 57 was a lot of fun for me, but this playoff run in particular felt like it was just lined up perfectly 
for the Chiefs to dunk a lot of nerds into toilets. Give them some shove dudes into lockers. You want to argue with me about the Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa? I know that dude's a fraud. They proved it when they played in the wild card game. That Bills team was suspect. I knew they couldn't hold up, and the Chiefs did it. I like the Ravens team. That 49ers team, (laughs) they wanted to tell me that Kyle Shanahan was a changed man. They told me that he finally perfected the post-quarterback offense. No. That you don't need that elite talent to win a Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. All you nerds can go get in a locker, get shoved in there. That's why I found this one more satisfying. The, well the, the, yeah. the attitude that Chiefs fans are justified in having after this Super Bowl win is how you know this one was more satisfying. Because even they were like, yeah, this one's probably going to end in a little bit of a disappointment at some point in the playoffs based on the way the season had gone. And then when it just doesn't, they're just like the confidence in Chiefs kingdom right now. Again, justified, completely justifiable. But it is so funny to watch because they're just like, you have to deal with us. This is just what it is, and we're better than you. And they're right. And that's how you do Like, the ability to now have that attitude when, you know, eight weeks ago or seven weeks ago, whatever it was, Patrick Mahomes was ruining Christmas. Like, yeah. that's that's all I need to know to know that this one, this one takes the cake. Well, yeah, because it happened so quickly. Because they were so – they were not far removed from – being absolutely embarrassed on their home field in a special game against a division rival and one that finished near the bottom of the division. It, that was a low, that was rock bottom well, where it felt like that. Even before that, the, the Broncos game. Like yeah, Broncos, Broncos fans, yeah. they broke the streak. They, they, they cracked the code. They've got the Chiefs. Now, now everybody knows how to beat the Chiefs, and we cracked the code. Good on you. They still won the Super Bowl. Well done. Like yeah. it's in. No, enjoy that win. But it's meaningless. You are all inferior to what the Chiefs do. This is what they do. This is the reality now in which we live, and you just have to deal with it. I mean, they're they're literally the deal with it gift where the sunglasses drop down from deal the top. Yeah, that's what the Chiefs are at this point, and everybody knows it. Eight seven five KTGR. Was this year's win more satisfying than last year's win for the Chiefs? Austin here on the KTGR Hotline now. Austin, what you got? I got that this year was more satisfying because the Bengals were not a factor and at home crying on Twitter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, appreciate it, Austin, here on the big show. Is that still the biggest rivalry for the Chiefs is the Bengals thing? because of uh, Man, the, I don't know. All I the just... talking they've done, I think it is. It's bigger than the Bills. The Bills thing is respectful. Like They don't like each other, I'm sure, but there's not that layer of animosity to me. You know, It, it just feels like the, the – I don't know what it is, Andy, if well, it's yeah. Jamar Chase, if it's Jamar Burrow, Chase. if it's just the way that they carry themselves. There's something to that Bengals rivalry that even though it wasn't – that's the only thing that could have made this better, honestly, Andy, is if it would have been like the Bengals instead of the Dolphins in the first round. That's all. That's the only thing. Well, but you didn't have a healthy Burrow this year, so we, we'll have to wait for. But next I mean, year don't forget that the case maybe for saying that last year was more satisfying was beating Burrow and, that's and you a know great the whole Burrow head kind of thing and just slamming the door on that and and going to the uh, Super Bowl in that sense and then beating a an Eagles team that I. 
I don't know that Chiefs were still favorites in that game. I think it was really it was close. close. I can't remember. It was really close. But it was, you know, oh, Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Is Jalen Hurts the MVP? He should have been MVP or something like that. And then you get to slam the door on that too. Like it, I'm not saying that last year wasn't satisfying because that was also kind of a year where the Chiefs were doubted. Are they going to be okay without Tyreek Hill? Is that are uh, clearly not the same offense? Things like that. Then they just absolutely shut people up, and they have an excellent offense last season. But, but yeah, that that's maybe the case for last year because you did go through some quality opponents there too. But here, it's it's again the the late season lulls and going on the road to these places and winning these games, being underdogs in the Super Bowl, going into overtime, getting it done there. That's what takes the cake for me. Yeah, and like I don't want to gear too far into recency bias to not remember how great last year's was as well because the Burrowhead thing was so stupid. Right. It was so stupid, and it was very satisfying to put an end to that because the Bengals like to talk so very much, and I love that as someone who, like, I like the Chiefs, but I'm not such a diehard Chiefs fan that – I also I have to dislike the Bengals. I love the brash attitude of the Bengals, and I think they're going to be here to stay for a while, right? They lost this year because of the, the quarterback injury. But I don't want to forget how great that was and how compelling the Super Bowl was as well. But, man, with everything else that went into this year, I just, again, I don't think it's only recency bias that makes me say it. I still think, not by a large margin, Andy, but this one, this one was just different. It felt different. That's for sure. 875 KTGR. Which Super Bowl winner were you more satisfied by this year or last year? Tell us, Chiefs fans, as again, you get to you get to count the Super Bowl wins now, and uh, that's the world we're living in. All right, up next, can the Cardinals go back to counting division titles? Of course, they were not in that conversation at all last year, but this season, projections say they'll be right back at it again. We'll talk about that and the Royals' new stadium designs next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Tell us who you or what you thought was the more satisfying Super Bowl victory, Chiefs fans, this year or last year. 875-KTGR. Ryan texting in, 100% more satisfying this year than the others. The Chiefs have become every other team's fan base's villain. They've officially achieved the Patriots' status. They're so mad. They're all of them, just insanely yeah, mad at very, all times. I think it's that's perfect. Right. It's amazing. That's, great. that's a great place to and be. And guess a what? Fans, they can stay mad. They can stay mad forever. Yeah. For all I care, yeah. be mad. Yeah. Andy, remember what I said last segment about the attitude of Chiefs fans and how it's justified? Like it is justified. Chris is is demonstrating it right now. Like it it sounds funny because he says be mad and stay mad, but they're embracing. I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans sort of embrace that. Because there's nothing else you can do but embrace. Not going to get teams, better, so get mad. Other fan bases aren't going to like you. Too bad. I thought the Mitch Holtis comment was great. You may not like the Chiefs. You may disrespect the Chiefs, but you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. That was an excellent call, and it really does describe the reality of where the NFL is right now. Yeah, because that's who everybody is chasing. Even though in the regular season they might seem vulnerable or down or whatever it is. In the end, they, they're inevitable. 875-KTGR. 
Give us a call. Or a Come text. on, no, keep keep collecting those regular season props, guys. No, seriously, bring them in. I feel like you could trade all of them in for like one Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> if you're really, it's like it's like it's like tickets at a Chuck E. Cheese. If you get enough of them, it's like oh, look at that. That's so nice. <laughs> That's pretty good. Look at that. That's cute. Eleven and five, two seed. Wow, look at that. Ooh, I bet that I bet that took a while. Didn't five it? enough? Uh, is that enough going to be uh, for the two seed? You think? Uh, or eleven and six? I should say now it's seventeen games. But uh, and that's true. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs. They, I don't know what the over under is uh, for their win total next season, but you know, it, it's fine to take the under. But you still cannot doubt. Them Bring me whoever season. wins the off season. St- yeah, I would like to pick- see them. Still pick the Super Bowl, you know, future bet. Right. Right. I don't care about what you talk about regular season. Like this year showed that that really doesn't matter for the Chiefs. Like it'd be nice to win the most games during the regular season. Over the course of the, the this dynasty, that's what they've done. They, they have the best winning percentage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's just this year it didn't really matter. And I think that's that's what has allowed Chiefs fans to ascend to a level of haughtiness that is, again, completely and entirely justifiable because they're doing it, they're going to continue to do it, and if you're a fan of a different team, your team doesn't get to win the Super Bowl because the Chiefs are here. Like, that is a crazy spot to be in, but that's where we are. Pretty pretty nice for Chiefs fans to be in. So tell us, was this year more satisfying than last year, 875-KTGR? Cardinals are hoping that this year is more satisfying than last year, that's for sure, because last year provided... Little to no satisfaction at all. But now, it's a new season. And if you look at the projections, again, it's not the media. It's not baseball writers, as Brendan pointed out earlier. It's just the computers that you know spit out the, the projections on what they think could happen. All the different uh, simulations of who could make the playoffs, who's supposed to tank, like it, things like that. And you come out with the St. Louis Cardinals in around the 83 to 86 win range. But guess what? That's enough to win the division, according to them. Where have I heard Probably. that before? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Brewers had more wins than that last year. I didn't think the Brewers were that good of a team last year, but they won a good amount of games. They got easily dispatched in the playoffs by the Diamondbacks. I feel like losing Corbin Burns, I know he's just one player, but that really kind of takes a little bit of the shine out of that Milwaukee team and makes you wonder too, like if it's if it's if they're hovering around five hundred at the deadline, they could sell, right? Like they could yeah. they could kind of re re retool a little bit. Whereas if the Cardinals are around five hundred, the urgency is such that this team has to add at the deadline and, and do do more, make sure that they win the division. So it's hard to say that the team that just finished in last should now be favored to finishing first while not really making a ton of flashy moves in the offseason. Sonny Gray is really the only flashy move. You had a couple of veteran back end of the rotation guys on one-year deals, and then you kind of re-maneuver the bullpen a little bit. But, like, yeah, that's it's, it is kind of a weird concept, Andy, I think mentally. It's a, it's a hurdle for people to get over, but do you have a – a better suggestion than the Cardinals at this point in time. Like I'm open to ideas. The Cardinals left the door open by kind of just doing an okay. Like they did what they had to do at this off season. They didn't blow anybody away this off season. Some understated moves. Do you have another team where you go, well, no, this clearly it's not the Cardinals. It's this team. 
Right. Because I don't. I don't. I mean, the Reds could be the one, right? But it's not at all a guarantee. It's still a young team. Uh, I mean, they started very well uh, last season and then could not hold up. So you have real questions about 162-game longevity with the Reds. So I can't, I can't absolutely put them ahead of the Cardinals, right? Like it, I like their, I can say that I like their players a little bit better, like from time to time. I like their be a upside. more exciting team, like a, a better team to watch, I suppose. But I don't know. It's, but I mean, we're talking. It, there are still studs in this Cardinals lineup, and if they have years that we expect of them, time after time, then. They'll be right back where they are, and and again, the you have to look at what the problems were last year. Cardinals didn't have enough guys that went long in games, uh, didn't have enough starters that they could have uh, go long in games. Whether that question got answered this year remains to be seen. I mean, they, they got a bunch of veterans there. You worry about whether health will be a factor with those guys, but they address the issue, and I think with how you can project those guys being with full health that the Cardinals should be back to where we expect them to be. So, like, breaking down, I did the uh, breakdown recently, kind of comparing the Cardinals and Brewers rosters, and I kind of landed on liking the Cardinals better than the Brewers because I just don't think the Brewers are going to have the pitching. I said that about them last year, and then they held up. But now you don't have Corbin Burns. That's a big loss to take. I don't I don't think I'm really too hot to try for Milwaukee. The Reds are interesting because you had guys like Spencer Steer, Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, Christian Encarnacion, Stroud, like a bunch of young position players burst onto the scene and for the most part play really well. Ellie was bad down the stretch, but he's got all the talent in the world and the upside is unquestionable. So like if those guys all do it again or even take a step forward now that they're a little more comfortable as big leaguers and then the pitching for the Reds, that's what I think the difference maker is, Andy, because they've got a handful of young starting pitchers that either dealt with some injuries last year or had some inconsistencies in their performance. If that group collectively takes a step forward, pretty good bullpen for Cincinnati, got Alexis Diaz, guys like that, they could be very dangerous. So I think their upside is higher than the Cardinals' upside this year. But I also think they've got more of a chance of the bottom dropping out of their team this year than the Cardinals do because of the way the Cardinals handled their rotation. Unless they lose two or three of those starters to injury, I kind of trust that the Cardinals rotation is at least going to be stable. And that's really, they didn't have stability last year. That's why they built it the way that they did, because yeah. they didn't enjoy that. It wasn't fun to not have that stability. The Reds don't have stability in their rotation because it's a lot of guys that are tantalizing but unproven. But if they all prove it at the same time, the Reds could win. I'm not going to say they're going to, Andy, but if, if Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft, if all these guys step forward, they could win 95 or more games. The Reds have that upside. It's, a, it's hard to say the Cardinals have that upside because I think they're more, like you said, they're going to 83 to 88. They feel pretty stable within that, at least on paper, at least the way I look at them. But are they going to win 95? I just don't know if that's in their range of outcomes necessarily. Well, again, Playoffs are still on the table, even as an 83-86 win team. 100%. You can still get in, right? Unless the Reds win the 95, goal. then maybe you're 
hoping for a wild card at that point. Which well, yeah, still and that's what I'm saying. Wild card, I think, could still be possible there. 84, depends. 85, yeah. 83 is a stretch, but I think 84, 85, 86 is yeah. perennially going to be that range. With three, for with a wild, three card. wild card teams now, absolutely. I, I think it's that's the most important thing is that you try and at least get back to that conversation and you're and you're in the mix again. But, yeah, again, the Cardinals moves that they made, the uh, the upside is not there, and you have to really bank on the pitchers that you brought in staying in their roles for at least 80 90% of the season. You know, you can't lose them for a huge chunk. Yeah, and it's competitive, too. Like, the wild card scene is competitive. The yeah. Central projects to not be very good. Again, we didn't think it was going to be very good last year, and I make the case that teams like the Cubs and the Reds overachieved, the Brewers overachieved. So, like, the division top to bottom wasn't terrible. Yeah, Like, the Cardinals were last place. If this is the worst division in baseball, I don't think the last place team wins 71 games. Like, that still is bad by the Cardinals' standards, by what they expected. But it was like, as far as other divisions go, I think the Central outperformed. But this year, according to Pakoda, you've got the Cardinals projected above 500 and nobody else. But you have the Cubs at 80, Milwaukee 79, Cincinnati 78, Pittsburgh a little lower at 73. But, like, you talk about wild card, Arizona 85, Giants 80, Padres 80, Miami 80, New York 83, Philly 84. Like, you've got, like, nine or ten teams for three spots that are bunched within five or six games at least according to the season never goes the way we think it will, Andy. But that's interesting that there's a bucket of teams right now in that 80 to 85 range where you go, yeah, I could see them winning 80 or 85. So that's a very interesting spot. The Cardinals are like, there's margin for error because 82 wins isn't that many and it could could have you in the mix. But there's going to be a lot of competition in that range as well. And the Cardinals are going to have to try to find a way to differentiate. It's uh, I'm excited to get it started. I, I know that much. Uh, but, but yes, the NL could be a huge mess by the end based off those projections. And, again, it doesn't, it doesn't ever happen that way. But the Cardinals are in an interesting spot, and I thought it was fascinating, again, to where they lose 90-plus games last year, and then all of these projections still say, okay, well, your offseason moves were enough to elevate you past – Everybody else who is projected to go under 500 in your division. It maybe says more about your division than it says about the Cardinals, but that, that's still a spot where you're in. Cardinals can't apologize for that. They just got to go out and win the games and, and take advantage of it. So we'll see if they can do that. But give us your thoughts. Should they? Is it fair to project them as NL Central favorites right now, the Cardinals? 875-5847. Get your thoughts in. We will also get our thoughts on the renderings. Not of the uh, the Thunderdome, unfortunately, Brendan. Even though you claim that they do exist, but uh, no, the the Royals downtown stadium, the plans that they want to uh, have come to fruition very soon. We'll talk about that and what that could mean next after this live local sports center. You are listening to the Big Show podcast on KTGR.com. Football season to baseball season, spring training underway. And uh, we're talking Cardinals. Is it fair to project them as the NL Central favorites? That's how Pakoda and Zips and all the other projection sites, they project them to be the NL Central winner. It's not a great win total, but it's enough to win the Central by those metrics. So is that fair? Is it not? Give us your uh, who you think the favorite should be in the NL Central at 
KTGR. But I can't name anybody better, Brendan. I, I can't. Yeah, like I said, the like the Brewers were kind of discounting after the Burns deal. Maybe that was an isolated thing where they recognized he wasn't going to resign, so they wanted to get value, not risk an injury, and then trade him at the deadline. I think part of it, too, was let's say they are at 500 in July. They're in the mix in a week central. They know Burns is not resigning, but after what happened when they traded a couple of years ago when the Cardinals won the division, they traded Hayter at yeah. the deadline, and they thought, hey, we can – we can do two things at once. We can keep contending, retool for a guy that's not going to resign, and it tanked their clubhouse. I think they have to almost do that trade before the year because if you want to do it in July and you're like not a great contender but you're in the mix, that's going to be another bad look for the clubhouse. So I think that might be part of why they did it now. But other than them, there's just no obvious teams now that, that should be better than the Cardinals, at least on paper. Certainly not. And I will say this. AL Central is not that much better either, if we're being honest. I think it's worse. Yeah, I think it's it a. Is. I think yeah. I think it wins fewer games than the, than NL, the Central. NL Central. NL uh, Central, like like combined, like a cumulative uh, cumulative record. I'm going to take the NL Central. Uh, I'm yeah, sure it was the yeah. NL Central last year, right? I, I, yeah. I don't have to look at that yeah, to it know. Probably was because the NL Central didn't have a team below 91 losses. The yeah, and the Royals AL and had White two. Sox had yeah. So, so I yeah, there's going to be a there could be a hundred loss team in the AL Central. I don't think you'll see that in the NL Central. Well, I think it's, you got decent teams, not good teams though. The Royals better hope that they're not losing a hundred games the first day of the year that they have this new stadium. Well, I mean, they can at least whenever that might be the renderings around and say, look at us, we've got renderings. They have we, renderings. They're out. Uh, we re- retweeted some of them at KTGR Big Show on Twitter. The uh, renderings for the. The the crossroads district uh, location for this new Royals stadium to be downtown and look I mean it it looks nice I mean they they've got a bridge connecting this stadium to the T-Mobile Center it's like not that far away there's like this walkway that goes over the road and it's you know it's aesthetically pleasing and everything like that I don't have too many issues with that. Um, and I don't really have too many issues with with it in general. I just hope that the team realizes that they need to give a product that fans deserve to to go and watch. Otherwise, you're going to open this big stadium and not have anybody in it because that that, that right now is your problem. Like, yeah, build a winner the, first, and they'll then, have people in it the first year. But you're right; it won't last. Right. The new stadium bump will will trickle out very very quickly. I'm talking within a year. It never saves if you. Don't, if you don't have a competitive product that you can consistently put on the field. I like the renderings, though, where they, like, drew the circle and said it's a 10-minute walk within this. <laughs> within, I mean, they must be booking it, man, if they're walking that fast. I don't know. 10 minutes? I mean, I, I suppose if, if it's a 10-minute walk from anywhere, I don't know how much I believe it, but... Yeah, that's obviously going to be the, the biggest thing that people complain about. Where do you park? Well, you got used to having that big parking lot out in the open, right where Kaufman is and Arrowhead and all that. That's so. why they drew the circle around the entire area because they're basically saying you can park anywhere right. and yeah. you can still get to the stadium within ten minutes. Right. That's exactly why that little little circle was drawn on the rendering. Park here. This is where you park. Literally anywhere that you can find. That's how you park for a uh, for a sporting event. Usually, when you have to go downtown, um, I look again. 
whenever it happens, I'll I'll be excited for it. I just hope the team is somewhat competitive by then. That's going to have to be the hope. And look, it, when you commit all that money to Bobby Witt, you're committing to having a team that he can be proud of, that he can lead necessarily. as a winner. It, why not, though? Like, what, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't what? know. Something might go bad. Uh, never know. <laughs> okay, but, I mean, it's just it, – that's why you commit the money because you're committing to having a cornerstone player lead your next core that gets you back to contending for uh, for championships. Or you're just dangling so, one carrot in front of my face and expecting me to go, oh boy, hooray, yippee. I mean, again, like you were happy about Bobby Witt last week, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, good for him. Like, okay. I don't mean I think he they're going to win like 85 to like 90 games in like the next three years. How many, wins, how many wins this year, Chris? Uh, 79. Hey, that might be enough. That would be that mad, might be well, enough to win the division, right? <laughs> well, you don't no, know. No, 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 no. Eighty-two. You got to get to eighty-two. Like the Twins always win like eighty-five, don't they? Even when yeah. they like, they're like the Cardinals of that division, where like most years, even if they're not that exciting, they're like eh, eighty-five, eighty-six. They're gonna make the. They're gonna win it by default. That's kind of yeah. how I view the Twins. Most years, I mean, that's kind of what they are. I, I mean, but the Royals. I, they were a little active during the uh, the free agency period. They, they added, yeah, they did well. They I mean, added some, and they spent a little money, right? So, I mean, they're. I'm not saying it's it, all that matters is trying. You do seventy nine sure is there. bold, Chris. Right, that's a bold. They lost hundred last year. Yeah. No, they lost hundred and six. You, I mean, you're predicting a twenty three win improvement. That would be. Honestly, that would be massively great if the yeah. Royals won 79 games because it would tell you the core that they've got now, the young core, maybe you've got something there with some of the guys that are emerging, the Cole Reagans, the Vinny Pease, the Bobby Witts, maybe some of those other pitchers too. That would be that would be something, in my opinion. Hey, if they get there, call it a win, Royals fans. But hey, let us know what you think of the stadium renderings, 875-KTGR. I know folks don't feel all that great about moving away from Kauffman. And, no, you it shouldn't feel all that great because Kauffman's great. But, hey, downtown stadium's nice, too. Once you see it, you know, you can get used to it pretty quickly. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to the injury expert, Will Carroll, for joining us as well. Encore presentation of the final Chiefs Kingdom show this season is coming up next. Don't miss that. And then high school hoops coverage right afterward. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Andy. We're done for now.